Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Well, hello, excellent people. Welcome to episode three of the Hot Mess Clubhouse, where we celebrate brilliantly funny women. This season, I, your host, Lucy Vine, am speaking to funny female writers, and this week I'm in joyful conversation with my talent crush, Rose Heine. Rose is an award-winning screenwriter, novelist and playwright who's written for TV shows including Miranda and Fresh Meat. Earlier this year, her stage show Original Death Rabbit, starring Kimberly Nixon, won critical acclaim and is available to buy from Nick Hearn Books or Amazon. She's currently a writer on Armando Iannucci's new HBO show, Avenue 5, and she recently binge-watched all six seasons of Sex and the City. I mean, that's not relevant, but it's very cool. In this episode, we talk about going to centre parks together, toxic friendships, her writing career, and the pronunciation of Gylian, or is it Gulian? Hope you enjoy. Clubhouse. Hello, Lucy Vine. Are you nervous? Yeah, I am nervous. No, you're really not. Am. I am. <laughs> Do you get nervous in new situations? Oh, I'm constantly nervous. Really? I would say I'm nervous under all circumstances other than watching Parks and Recreation in bed eating oh, dairy milk. That's the dream <laughs> I'm just really place. nervous person. I just want to spend my life doing that, though. That's um, that's the dream life in bed with yeah. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and actually, you can you can kind of choose it. If you, <laughs> if you just drop all your friends and family and acquaintances, yeah. perfect. I think that that's the dream goal for yeah. life. Um, but this isn't entirely new with us because we do know each other a little bit. Um, Rose and I met, um, what was it, a year ago? Um, yeah, when we were uh, when we were asked to come in and consult on this TV project, which sounds super cool, mm. but I was fucking terrible and haven't been asked back. <laughs> um, you, you you were you were fucking brilliant, and I didn't think anyone's been asked back. So I've <laughs> well, been asked back. Either way, ever since then, I've been trying to become your best friend. How do you think that's going? It's going very 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 well. Excellent. And I think we're ready for our first holiday. Yeah. Okay. Great. Where are we going? We're going to Centre Parks. Elfden Forest. I'm so up for that. <laughs> that <would be> <laughs> Can we just get separate bedrooms just 
stay in them the whole time and watch Parks and Rec yeah. and just kind of then leave together. Absolutely. I'll pop out once a day to ride those wild water rapids. Bring me some more chocolate. Yeah. I'm really into this. Let's let's book this in. Yeah. Um, what do you look for in a best friend? <laughs> this is a cheesy answer, but it's it's someone who I can be myself with. Okay. I think someone you know where I I genuinely want the best for them, and Aww. sense that they genuinely want the best for me. That's really nice. And that feeling often that you've known each other for for longer than you actually have. Yeah. That when like, you don't see each other for ages, and it's exactly the same. It's when exactly you do the same. Out. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. And that, like, like, was there some kind of, you know, was this set up in some spiritual way before the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've known someone for a long time. Amazing. So I just made it too intense already. Yeah, damn it. Like, Give me that. Just wanted you to say, you know, somebody hot. Yeah, so just somebody hot. <laughs> with really good hair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your current best friend? Do you know, actually, after all that, I've never, I've never had best friends. Ever. Oh, really? I've always been. Do you have a big group then? I've, I've always had a group, and uh, actually, usually this sounds might make me sound a bit, but kind of manipulative and sneaky. But I feel like oh, I've, I like I've, that. I've always had a couple of separate groups. Yeah. As well, and it's weird when they mix, isn't it? It's weird when they mix, and now since um, the advent of WhatsApp, they are actually kind of literally a number of separate groups. Yeah, that's isn't like that weird? Yeah. I've sort of officially sorted them. Yeah, WhatsApp has really kind of segregated us all, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I also do think that, like, um, best friends and relationships and groups of friends, that ebbs and flows. Definitely. Um, because, I mean, I do have best friends, but, like, some days I really hate my best friend, mm. and, like, other days I really, like, I would tear off their skin and wear them because mm. I love them so much. That's how I express my love. But, That's um, fairly intense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to um, give you a heads up in case um, you I look at you in a way that makes you think that I'm going to remove your skin. You're violently hating me or about <laughs> loving me so much I'm about to be eaten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it is a bit weird. I used to make lists of my favourite people, like top tens, mm. and then let people know where they were on that list. <laughs> absolutely fantastic <laughs> I know that makes me sound like a shitty person but I now I, I'm remembering I really want to do it again <laughs> I, th- I think so I yeah, yeah it, it, it makes people super competitive as well because they're like oh I'm only number six I want to get up Vine into top five actions. exactly yeah so I like to create some kind of competitive spirit among my loved ones <laughs> <laughs> ideally I've, I've never I've never formalised my league into a table yeah, well, <laughs> consider it have a think about it yeah. do you think I might make top 30? Oh, certainly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really. certainly. Top 20? Top, top top 15 or 10, actually. Oh, my God, that's yeah. amazing. In terms okay, of favourite beings. In my oh, world. that's really exciting. I'm pretty thrilled with that. Um, what do you think about female friendship? Because it does get a lot of um, shit piled on it, doesn't it? Like that kind of idea that women are all competing with each other and all mm. hate each other and all that kind of thing. I, I feel that if I, if I find that I, I am in a friendship which feels as if it has some kind of toxic edge to it, then it's my responsibility to step away and deal with my shit and look at what's happening. And it may turn out that that friendship's not a good one for me to be in and perhaps never has, or it may just be that she's getting married and I'm sad that I'm not that I'm not and I need to go and and deal with my (laughs) sadness. (laughs) That's a very grown-up way of looking at it. Well, thank you. I I kind of only want friendship to be 
a source of leisure. Yeah, because otherwise, what's really? the point, right? Other, yeah, otherwise, otherwise, <laughs> what's the point? I think, I think it's something about, like, I'm in my 30s now, and as you get older, it's just like, oh, life really, really is too short for yeah. any kind of games and anything that isn't straightforward affection and a desire to be together and to collaborate. Oh, but, I mean, friendship is something that you write so beautifully as well. Friendship and love and relationships and the sort of ups and downs and all that, and the darkness and the loneliness in, in relationships as well. Mm. Um, but before we get into your work, um, I think it's snack time. Oh, great! <laughs> okay, I was, I was so... Kind of snacks, so I'm so glad they're here. This is going to make such good noises on the podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool original Hold on, her. I've got posh... Crisps and or not so posh crisps. Do you have any chocolate? Oh my god, you're kidding. Of course I have chocolate. I've got hobnob biscuits and I have for you a little party bag of chocolate. You are joking. (laughs) And you have to tell me there's like um, a variety of chocolate in this bag and I need you to rate them and tell me what your favourite is and I'm going to judge you on that. You've you've just gone up to number five in my friendly table which I've recently did. I mean you don't have to eat all of that right now but you can. Please do. I would encourage you to do so. This is Okay, what's number one in that bag? For the listener, I'm just I'm gonna describe this in full. This is a this is a proper child's birthday party bag with with happy birthday written on it. And inside is the most wonderful selection of Of, of, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to say candy because that's what it is. It's not like chocolate. Even that chocolate, because of all this like clean eating, nutrient bullshit that's yeah. going on, I'm like, does that mean like 100% pure cacao with... Like, I did also bring sauce. carrots, but I only okay. did it to be um, just take, equal take opportunities. Them, take them I'm taking them off the table. <laughs> this is like proper old school treat chocolate. We have a whisper gold. I also brought a we jar of Nutella. A jar of Nutella. <laughs> oh, amazing. We have Smarties. We have a Kit Kat. Um, we have a galaxy. Yeah, no, no. Oh, that's a the Gillian. posh chocolate. I don't see that. It's Gillian. I don't know. Is it Gillian or Gillian? Gillian. Yeah, people make the shells. It's the seashells. I don't know how to say that. But it's that's the posh chocolate. Oh, we have a cream egg. So there's like kid chocolate in the Smarties, posh chocolate with the yul, um, and then you've got the Nestle with the Kit Kat and Whisper Gold, which is always a winner. What right. is what is your favourite? Uh, it's the cream egg. Creaming. Oh, and yeah. I get so cross when they take them off the shelves. Do they? What? No, no. Why don't you track the uh, the sales of cream eggs throughout I the year? I move very, very smoothly from Christmas chocolate <laughs> to Easter chocolate to ice creams to Christmas chocolate to Easter chocolate. Oh, ice I see. Cream. So you don't... I, there's no gap. I never notice. notice the lack. I ever feel deprived. Okay, well, just so you know, <laughs> they only sell cream eggs at, around Easter time. Fantastic. They take them off the shelves in about uh, October. No, there's only a sort of very small window when they're not on sale, but they definitely do take them off the shelves at some point in the year. Um, So at what point in your life did you decide you wanted to write? Was there a conscious moment where you thought, hey, writing career? I don't know, ever thought writing career. Really? You're still not? Still still not? You're still 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 trying to figure things out. I do remember I was in my last year at university and I thought, as so many do, I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do with my life. I wasn't very happy at all at the time. I had a sense that whatever I was going to do with my life would probably be awful and that it yeah. might cheer me up. Great. To write. Anything could in be the evenings. better. Oh, right, it, yeah. It was, it, I thought this, this might Such be something... Such a form of therapy, though, isn't it? So, totally. Yeah. And I thought I can create my own world and I can have my own fun and I'll have something... I mean, I, as I say, like, I really, I was not at all optimistic about my future. <laughs> and How old were you at this point? I, I, I was, oh gosh, 21. Okay. And, and I just thought, that feels better than anything else. Yeah. And that feels like I can have something which is mine. And even if 
if, if, if I don't find my place in this terrifying world, <laughs> I'll have this thing which I've made for myself, and that's my writing space. Wow. And um, so had you been a person who kept a diary or wrote at all growing up? Were you good at English and stuff like that? I was quite good at English. I mean, certainly compared to how good I am, at, was and am at science, which is not <laughs> fucking good at all. Just, like, absolutely... <laughs> no, just, yeah... Uh, I think I was probably better at English than I was at anything else. I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed other things. I always really enjoyed drama in particular. Oh, yeah. It's funny, though, yeah. as somebody who does struggle with insecurities and anxiety and stuff like that, because um, I was really into drama as well at school. Hmm. But it's weird, isn't it? Those people are always the ones who are, like, maybe the brokenest inside. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Love me! <laughs> the Love broken, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And just, death for me, like, absolutely desperate to be first of all in a world that wasn't this one being someone that wasn't quite me and with finally some approval and yeah. th- and being in the school production of Greece feels like <laughs> some version of that and then of course Were you actually like, in a production of Greece oh gosh and who did you play this is the saddest story can I tell you a sad please story? tell me the sad after story after all that like happy chocolate chat I was there's um, chocolate to tear you up afterwards <laughs> I was offered the part of um Jan in school oh my god that's amazing yeah but jan is oh she's meant to be the sad she's, she's <laughs> okay let's be honest like she, she was the fat one but i didn't and understand that when i saw the film because she's not of course because she wasn't because people kind of made these jokes yeah. about it and i was like i completely didn't understand that until i was an adult because i she was beautiful and thin yeah. i didn't get totally it. totally but in the original like 1950 yeah. whatever the fuck it was musical not 50 it was later than that I don't know I don't care I hate Greece no <laughs> um, but <laughs> I like, she, she's very much written as the fat one and then you know I now use the word fat in a reclaimed fat positive that's sense that's fine yeah. very deliberately it's a neutral descriptor it's not meant as any kind of insult no. but back then what 15 years ago oh god now, yeah it was when I was you know 15 it, it, calling someone fat was the worst person you could possibly call them and I was fat as well <sighs> And I went to the first couple of rehearsals playing the part of Jan in Greece, and because she was a fat character, she also had to be ridiculous. She and you were aware lines. of that she at had... the casting. You were like, okay, I've been cast as the fat ugly one. Yeah, I've been cast okay. as the fat ugly one. Yeah. And, and you... no, no one is saying it, okay. and no one will be open about it. But, but I knew. But I knew. And it's okay. like, I know I can sing better than Rizzo and Frenchie. Amazing. And I can do a better American accent, but I'm still Jan. And I, I will went, never be the Sandy. I will never. I was like, what? Well, I never would have been Sandy. I mean, even. <laughs> that's a whole different other type of person. terrible character who wants to be the Sandy she's lame Sandy. exactly Rizzo's the one to <laughs> exactly. um, but then I pulled out of the uh, production of Greece because I thought I'm not going to be humiliated like this Aww. and instead I'm going to be in the other production of Macbeth <laughs> there were two schools also at school oh my god and very busy school very busy school <laughs> and I gave him absolutely atrocious performance as Lady Macbeth. But very, you were Lady very, Macbeth. Yeah, really, That's pretty badass. Very, very boring production of Macbeth. Um, and then went to watch the school production of Greece, which everyone um, came to see and everyone loved. And I remember sitting and watching Greece and watching the other, the only other fat person in the school oh playing God, Jan and having a great time. And just, I sat there 
sobbing. It's odd, even though they, I think it was kind of humiliating and quite degrading. It, like, I wish I had just swallowed my pride and let myself have fun. Yeah. Uh, and How wish... can you as a teenager? It's so fucking hard being a teenager. It's, it, it, being any teenager. What kind of teenager shit. were you? Were you a shit? <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, I was a people pleaser. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I was um, desperate for people to like me. I was... And did they like you, Rose? <laughs> Some did. I was, I, I was also bullied. Right. Pretty badly. And being a people pleaser in that situation can really have a negative effect because you like, I think with bullies, like a lot of bullies, the second you show some teeth, they'll back off. But I never did because I, um, I, I, I had this like kind you. of like, I have to be nice kind of thing. I, I think I was very invested in being a nice person. And that's not a bad thing, but it does it does sometimes mean that you collapse a bit and you don't always stand up for yourself and yeah. carve out you your You are the first to get trodden on. You're the first to get trodden on. Yeah. You make yourself a doormat, you're going to get trodden on. And I was a bit oh, of a doormat. Um, <laughs> That's really sad. But I also, you know, I also had things I really enjoyed. I was like, I don't know, like Andrew Lowe loved musicals. I liked. Very, oh very much. yeah, love a musical. I used to, so were you in yeah. other productions? Did you actually then get to embrace any? Can you sing? Are you a good singer? <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. Can you I'm, can I'm you do this, your jam performance now? that you missed out. Absolutely not. Under no circumstances. <laughs> there is not enough chocolate in the world. Oh what? What about later on? Tell me how you got into your career then. Like so, you'd said that you started writing as a way, as almost like yeah. a way of therapy. Yeah, I did. Because um, you also wrote your first book, um, Judy B. When you were only 23, is that right? Yeah, I was 21 when I started writing. It. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, did it start off as a book? Had you thought about that? I I literally just sat down and started writing. Wow. And um, then I had what I now recognise, you know, knowing, having been, it's what, kind of 10 years on now, and I've learned a lot more about how, how kind of tough it genuinely is to make it as a, as a writer. I, I, I had what I now recognise as a completely freakish stroke of luck. Right. Which was, um, I was contacted by a woman who'd read this little play that I wrote, which had been Amazing. passed on to her by someone I knew who was her intern. I mean, so you had already written a play by the time you were doing it? Do you know, I, like, I wouldn't even call it, it was like student, a student okay. play. Okay, yeah, but this play. person had seen it. Um, actually, do you know what? I'm slightly underplaying how obsessed I was with writing when I was younger. Like, I wrote, like, like I literally wrote, I, I, I did absolutely fucking nothing on my gap year, Lucy, and I still, <laughs> I still wrote a book about it because I just loved to write. So you were just writing, um, but I didn't yeah. do much today, yeah. it was cool. Yeah. I wrote my book and then I sent it when to my favourite author, um, who was Bill Bryson. No way! Who read it what? and wrote back such a lovely, lovely, lovely letter. Oh my God, what um, did it I say? Which I still have framed. Do you? And, um, what does it say? You must have memorised it. I have memorised it. I word don't, for word, I on. don't want to say because it would feel like immodest and oh. and it's, it's sort of like, it's kind of also like my secret between me and Bill Bryce. Oh. But he basically said like, you, I, you know, you genuinely have a talent for this and the word he used was like, I'm sorry to say it, but I think you're going to have to give up your dream of becoming Rodeo Queen of Wyoming and instead focus on being a writer. Instead, <laughs> you have been called. <laughs> oh my god, what and an amazing so, thing. He said it was your calling. Yeah. And I Bill Bryson told like, you. Oh my god. I have decided since that that letter was like the universe speaking through Bill Bryson. And whenever it gets really tough as a writer, whenever I think I'm doing terrible work or can't work at all or things are getting rejected, I just look at that that line, yeah. that letter, which is framed up my desk, which is which just says, You have been called. And it's like, I don't know why. I just I'm That's a writer, amazing. and I have yet to receive other different instructions from life, really. What, what so I'm just you, keeping going with writing. <laughs> what if somebody um, tells you that was a form letter? 
That completely undermined everything you've ever done. Oh my goodness. I got one of those. Yeah, it's my calling, right? I'm so sorry. I've made you doubt yourself. Okay, true. Actually, I can confirm it definitely wasn't a form letter. Yeah, I've made that much. I know. Of anyway. course, he writes all. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary Freaknik: The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. But anyway, what I was going to say, I mean, an amazing achievement. So yeah, you wrote this book and you had it published. You were telling a story about how it got published. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the, the Gappy book obviously like, didn't yeah. get published. That was just my, my like teenage writing. So you'd I, already but, written the book. But I'd, I'd written amazing. a book for fun. And I wrote uh, yeah, this, this weird little student play, which, um, oh gosh, this was so lucky and so weirdly magical. But um, it was passed on to a woman who I think she was a producer at the time. And she said, I am leaving my career in film production because I want to become a literary agent. I really like the voice of your play. Would you ever consider trying to write a novel? And I was like, wow. as it happens, I have actually just written, I've written like 17. the first three <laughs> chapters of this, of this novel. Oh, so you, oh God, and, you're already on it then, right? Yeah, and I, Whoa. I sent it to her uh, and she sold it. And, and not absolutely, not, like it, not for any kind of big amount of money, but she, she did sell it. That is incredible. And, and now I look back on that and I'm like, that was weird. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> it? I mean, just it just felt like a really freaky, freaky stroke of luck. But it gave me the confidence to think maybe I can do this. Maybe I can be a writer. Oh my god! And it's so um, brilliant. To, the, the idea that you wrote that at twenty one just blows my mind. And when it was coming out, how was that for you? Being so young as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I know having published books, oh how stressful. Did you read the reviews and things around that time? What was it like when it came out? I want to slightly bullshit you and okay. say that. I, you know, read some of the reviews. It was an interesting experience, really. You know, I would like to reverse engineer the whole thing into being something tidier than it actually was. Yeah. But 
I remember at the, like at the time that I'd written it, like my my brother had died not long before. We'd had this horrible traumatic event in in our family, and I was dealing with that spectacularly dysfunctionally. Right. And so it was a very kind of on, on a personal level, extremely kind of confusing and miserable and challenging time. Anyway, I don't think being twenty three is fabulous for anyone. No, but I think I had a kind of extra injection of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was, it was a weird, weird thing. But so, you did then yeah. carry on um, writing, and you do. Um, I mean, the last thing that you, as far as I know, was the original Death Rabbit, which is something I went to yeah. see um, a couple of weeks ago, and was yeah. so, so brilliant. Because you, you wrote it as a radio play, right? First, yes. is that right? Um, original Death Rabbit is a fictional story of a woman who goes viral online. And over the course of the following decade, going viral and the way she deals with it completely destroys her life and takes her to, to some of the darkest places a person can go. I um, originally had the idea, it must be about four years ago now, and uh, as it's sometimes the way with creative stuff, it, it was just quite weird. I was just sitting there one day and thought, I want to write a woman show <laughs> where there's a woman in a pink rubber suit in a really dirty flat. And <laughs> as I was you like, do. So it's like, that open. crosses my mind every other day. <laughs> open document, wow. see who this woman is. Yeah. And um, I ended up writing this this long and strange and sprawling monologue play about this woman who'd, who'd been the focus of a meme which had gone viral um and i remember sending this to a producer i'd recently worked with the bbc radio and she said i think if you sanitize this it could be a radio drama wow and um i said okay <laughs> and so i take out all of my artistic integrity <laughs> um, we we kind of like yeah yeah made it kind of radio for friendly it's so dark though and well, so funny thank you this is something that i think you do spectacularly well is this pitch blackness that is also so hilarious and I don't know any other writer that does that as well as you um but when you're writing stuff like that are you kind of crying and laughing simultaneously well I mean honestly like I usually write a lot and then get asked to take it out again because it's too dark and too weird (laughs) but um, I'm hopefully moving past that and doing starting to finally do work which is a bit more me but after the radio uh show original death rabbit was broadcast um a theatre producer got in touch and right. said, um, would you consider adapting this into a stage play? And I was like, well, actually, I already did it. <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's fucked ready. up. It's too fucked up for radio for. And then eventually uh, we got we found a slot at the theatre and it became the, the theatre show you yeah. just saw. Oh, that's um, incredible. Uh, you probably hate a question like this. I, I no. do too. But um, how autobiographical is it? Like, Because I know you're not on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. But no. you are on Facebook and Instagram. Um, do you find Twitter to be a particularly sinister place? Is that why you're not on it? Twitter had such a bad effect on my head really right and i don't know why so you were on it i was on it i was on twitter for i mean probably about a year i mean i, I don't think i ever got above about 150 followers <laughs> i was by no means like a twitter star <laughs> um but i mean something the play talks about is is how some people like this character just in the same way that an alcoholic can't handle alcohol in a normal fashion yeah, I mean, some say. Uh, I think there are some minds which which just can't really handle social media terribly well. Yeah. I know that I have one of those minds, so I'm speaking. I, I, you know, I'm generalising, but I'm talking about myself really. Uh, and I found that um, Twitter, like, I just felt as if I was constantly watching other people having a good time. Yep. <laughs> and I really struggled. But you don't to find that with Instagram. I don't find that with Instagram. Actually, oh, that's interesting. And. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I think it's because you, on Instagram, you, you, you can't see people talking to each other so much. That's but true, yeah. On Twitter, it's just so easy to, like, 
I, well, I find it so easy. And you just see like lots of journalists who already know each other saying, darling, you're fabulous. Darling, you're fabulous. And, and I'd be like, I'm just sitting here like a potato. Not Why really am I not fabulous? Living my own life and watching other people call each other fabulous. I just, and I felt very lonely on it. And it, yeah. it, really, it really wasn't good for me. So I also wanted to talk about the amazing TV things you've done. Um, and particularly that incredible episode of Fresh Meat you wrote where Vod ODs. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, which is, just such a brilliant, brilliant episode. Um, did you I'm love s- writing that? I'm so pleased. I, yeah, I love it. Oh my God, it's amazing. It was always, um, I, I found that it absolutely terrifying because I was, I was very young and it was my first job and amazing. it was like Sam and Jesse Armstrong were, were these kind of, were absolute kind of God. heroes yeah. to me. And, <laughs> I rewatched it all recently. Um, yep, only like nailed four seasons in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> oh yeah, brilliant. I've got no life. But um, that episode in particular, I wanted to talk to you about the sort of um, shitty human nature thing when it comes to other people's sobriety. Because mm. I was relieved when Vod doesn't didn't go to rehab. Isn't that awful? That's so interesting. It's so dark, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. I didn't want her to sober up. And that's terrible, and I know that that's terrible. That's but I wanted to ask you, when you stopped drinking, was that yeah. something you felt like people were kind of trying to make you feel bad or trying to put pressure on you to drink, <laughs> like, because you're ruining their fun kind of thing? In terms of the, the TV show, I think sort of not wanting for to get sober might just be, like... You just love that character and you want the yeah, character to Yeah, I hope it's, like, it's just that and that I'm um, not this inherently terrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I got sober when I was um, 24 right. and I absolutely didn't encounter some resistance, but the people who I encountered the resistance from aren't people who I'm in touch with anymore. Right. I mean, well, I think I missed the yeah. first party I went to sober, someone literally grabbed me and shoved up some Jägermeister in my face and said, yes. drink this, drink this, what do you do? I remember my attitude was, I was so determined to get sober that I was just like, I don't fucking care. You can put all the Jägermeister you want in my face. I'm just not drinking it. I'm like, I, I was I was really, it was probably the, the most determined I've ever been in my life to do anything. Yeah. And so I think I just didn't really care what Good. anyone else thought. Oh, um, that's an amazing. Found it threatening. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, fine, whatever, my friends, enjoy yourself. Well, it's a good way of um, wheedling out the dickheads, isn't it? <laughs> so, this is the part of the interview where I interrupt a perfectly nice conversation mm. to do the casual fire round. What's that? Which is. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a quick fire round. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry. Such a shoehorn, shitty name for a round. But basically, a quick fire round. But um, okay. but you don't have to feel under pressure to answer quickly because okay. it's so no, cash. You know, it's to- totes cash. Lightning round. <laughs> no, but it's not lining. That's the whole point, Rose. Right? Okay. It's as long as you okay. want to answer. What uh, What did you have for breakfast? I had a jam croissant from Pret and I had a banana, but that was like a pre-breakfast, two hours before breakfast because oh, I was lovely. hungry. Two breakfasts, excellent. Are you any good at keeping secrets? Yes, way too good. Oh, really? I will destroy myself to keep your secrets. Oh, God, tell, really? Tell, oh, me, tell me anything, no matter, again. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's really impressive. I don't have, I can't relate to that in any way. <laughs> have you ever encountered anyone with the same name as you? Never. Fair enough. What is your least favourite emotion? anger do you still remember any landline numbers yeah i just had to mentally do i do i remember my the landline number of my first ever be- actually i did have a best friend for a year my, oh. my, my, my first <laughs> backtracking is it <laughs> lizzie from when i was about 10 and it was the first phone number i ever learned off my heart Oh. And I want to say it out loud. Yeah, now, but I she think might still have the same. <laughs> yeah. We should call it. I remember see. Lizzie's landline number. Oh. Do you think it's funny when strangers trip over in the street? No. 
heartbreaking. Oh. But if they're fine, it's not so. some kind of comedy. You're not into it's like when someone like when a child drops an ice cream, I just I just can't bear it. Is I, it because you you're sad about the ice cream though? I'm sad about the ice cream. I'm sad <laughs> not not for the kid. It just things like that make me just think thoughts like the whole of human existence is a tragedy <laughs> I go really kind of bleak and existential gotcha gotcha great we won't delve too far into that then yeah. <laughs> just digging have you ever considered even for half a second auditioning for Big Brother I know it's not on anymore but I've not considered it I have fantasised about it and I have fantasised about auditioning for all the major reality and television oh really yeah I walk around London imagining how my ex factor audition would go if you could see into the future what would you want to know honestly just a few financial details <laughs> that would be helpful can I put a bunch of stuff on the credit cards right now yeah. because I'll be fine later <laughs> I do get the tarot reading to try and get some information do you believe in that, that stuff yeah I do actually a bit yeah awesome yeah. If, you get, if you get the right person okay yeah when was the last time you hated yourself a bit I think it's been just a sort of continuous like constant being a woman yeah just sort of being, being alive being a human being walking through the world yeah. like, like I think like I kind of had a I think I, I probably thought I said something stupid about 10 minutes ago I put mascara on this morning and you know there was like a a little dot of it on my upper eyelid yep. which I didn't see until I was in the loo and prep two hours later and I was just like you twat <laughs> waving your mascara around walking around thinking you look sexy yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> everyone's <laughs> laughing at you yeah, thinking like ham fist with your makeup and brushes <laughs> so yeah there was too many occasions to mention great so that's over well done back to the interview um, <laughs> this is the bit in my notes where I just wrote dogs in capital letters with great. loads of exclamation marks uh-huh. let's talk about dogs love dogs who is Pickle Pickle is my parents dog uh-huh. he is a Koika hunt which what? is a I know it's a Dutch uh, breed of dog they're kind of like a cross between a Spaniel and a Collie only smaller and more plumy they were originally bred duck herding dogs so not what? duck hunting dogs they were bred why would we herd ducks in, in pens to move them to new locations that's very niche it's very niche <laughs> And so they have very, Koikos have very, very plumy, plumy feathers. Do we have like a separate dog that we've bred to like herd um, geese, for example? Is it, I mean, probably, do we have a dog, dog breed for every single other sort of farmyard animal I mean, maybe. to herd? Okay, cool. I don't, I don't <laughs> Why haven't you researched this and have an article? Make over. I am sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, what I would really like to do right now is spend the next twenty-five minutes just googling dogs with you. But yeah, I don't think no, that would be that good. fun to listen to. You've got two dogs at your laptop screen saver. Yeah, they're your two little Ivy ladies. and Teddy. Yeah, oh, they're so gorgeous. Yeah, Teddy is a girl. Before you start saying he, before before you start throwing the he pronoun okay. around. Yeah, Teddy is a girl. <laughs> Named by my mum because um, she does look. I was about to say he. <laughs> Because she does look like a teddy bear. Anyway, yeah, those are my two dogs. Do you think dogs are better than humans? Sure, sure I do. <laughs> sure I do, deep down. Uh, I, the answer's buried deep within me and I can't access it, but I'm, I'm sure it's yes. I feel like my dogs taught me how to love. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know how to love go. before. The, but, I mean, they yeah. only taught me how to love dogs, not humans. Yeah. <laughs> Truth, yeah. You also have Mackerel the cat. Mackerel the cat. I really like cats. Um, not as much as I love dogs, but um, most cats are assholes, aren't they? Mm. Is Mackerel an asshole? He has uh, very, very, very good boundaries. Oh. And he does not care about your feelings while he's Quite enforcing right. those boundaries. Like, if, if he doesn't want the stroke, he's just walking off. Great. <laughs> he's, I mean, maybe um, we should just cold. all be more cats. 
Don't you think? Like, I don't want to get stroked. I need to be more careful. I need to be more like, just fuck off. I don't like, yeah. or just claw at their face. Yeah, I definitely. Need when to people be more try cat. and stroke me, mm. <laughs> I'm gonna be more cat now. Would you write a play or a script which just centers around a dog and a cat teaching people how to be better? It's just me pitching. Isn't that Marley and me? Oh. <laughs> okay, but don't cast Owen Wilson and Jennifer Anderson in it. And also, I feel like... We could do a Marley 2, or has there been a Marley 2? There's probably been a Marley 3 or 4. I mean, I'm, going, I'm immediately going to go and look that up yeah. for my afternoon viewing. But I don't think a cat would teach you how to be better. I think a cat would teach you how to be worse. That would be like a kind of dark yeah. film. But they would, like you say, teach you boundaries and stuff, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, True. maybe women in in the age we live in now do need to just channel cats. Yeah, men channel dogs. Mm-hmm. Be nicer, be more pure. Mm-hmm. Don't don't rape people. Stuff like that. Yeah, that would be. Women good. channel cats. Have better boundaries. And just claw at everybody around you. Claw at everyone around you. Yep. Scream in the street at night. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Have sex on rooftops. Have sex on rooftops. <laughs> great idea. Um, we have talked a bit about your teenage acting, but we haven't talked about your grown-up acting because you are technically an actor as no, well, right? Not anymore. Come I was. on, I used to be. No, not at all. I Would done, you never write anything to cast yourself in, which seems to be kind of a, a big thing these days, don't you think? No, never ever. ever. I you wouldn't, wouldn't want I wouldn't to. Do it. Like maybe, like no, actually, no. There's no. No, I'm not an actor. You don't want I, to do it. No. Because I did look at your IMDb page and um, I feel like you were just in crime dramas, a couple of crime dramas, is that right? My whole acting career, which, as I say, is 100% over, as far as I'm concerned, was one episode of Miss Marple and one episode of Lewis. Yes, that's what I mean. That's amazing. And I thoroughly enjoyed both. I yeah. remember thinking, this is... Can I find you on YouTube? I, don't, I didn't Yeah, know. definitely. Oh yeah. my God, amazing. I'm going to do that. It was the whole thing just felt like a total steal in I'm, I'm being paid like really like it back then in my life it was like quite a lot of money to just be picked up in a big car and then put in a bonnet and given meals and do almost nothing and go home. I mean I, I mean I just I, as you can tell from that I was never a very committed actor <laughs> and I was like, if I thought that I could have an acting career where I just played one line parts in ITV crime dramas and never had to like build any skill or do any actual real work right I would go like a shot I would be okay. well up for that so you but... didn't ever consider the whole um like moving to Hollywood doing that stuff no no no, no. no. It, it, it was, you know, I'm, I'm glad I had to go, and it was, it, but, but I'm very, 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 very glad that other people are actors, so I don't have to be. Yeah, I'd rather be behind the scenes. Definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm a behind the scenes mouse person. Face, I'm a face for podcast <laughs> type. Yeah. <laughs> but have you ever lived abroad, done that kind of thing? I'm too cowardly. No, I'm very. No, I've never too done stuck it. in my ways. Yeah, no, no, I've never done it. I, I'd like to. I'd like to live in America. For oh a year. yeah, let's do it together. Yeah, straight from Centre Parks. Where in America? Well, I always thought New York, but um, I don't know. I did. I did go to LA last year and and spent the whole time did on you... Venice Beach, which was lovely. Awesome. Did you stay there? Yeah, it was really nice. Grace. On that note, in the words of my my Lord and Saviour RuPaul, do you have anything to plug? Would you like to? <laughs> would you like anybody to follow you on social media? Or... No. <laughs> Or send you cash in an envelope. Is there nothing no, that I mean, you would I'm like? No, I'm really this party bag of okay, chocolate good. that you gave So me. if people would like to send party bags of chocolate to Rose. If, if you feel moved to buy the playtext of Original Death Rabbit, you can buy that 
from Nick Hearn Books or Amazon. Oh, I so, was going to say, is there a way of people still... Absolutely, it's, it's a published text. And, That's amazing. Uh, so you can buy that and you can... I mean, the, the, the London run of it has now finished, but you can perform oh, it so in your good. living room. I wish I was doing this sooner so that people could still go and see oh, it. Oh, well, maybe, maybe one day. Maybe it'll have another... Yeah. Maybe this podcast life. will um, make it come back. <laughs> now everyone knows how much I love remakes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today Rose uh, and thank you everyone out there please rate and subscribe if you have a minute bye